Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to Tourpreneur episode 171. This is the podcast where we flatten the learning curve for activity and tour operators around the world. Today, I think it's a tourpreneur first. We are chatting with a tourpreneur who has over three decades, 30 years experience running her tour business. Today, we dig into the story of Lauren Hefferon and her business, Chiclismo Classico, They were one of the very first bicycle tour companies specializing in tours in Italy. Uh, They specialize in Italy and offer tours all over Europe. Their tours are highly cultural and educational, and they look amazing. I highly recommend you go check out her website at chiclismoclassico.com, show notes at tourpreneur.com forward slash 171 for all the links to her business. So we go on a journey. We find out how she got started, how she developed the business. And Lauren shares a lot in this episode, a lot of advice for us all, but particularly honing in on her three major nuggets of wisdom that she wants to share with every tour operator around the world. As I say, show notes at tourpreneur.com forward slash 171. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please recommend it to a friend or a peer. Um, Make sure you're subscribed so you make sure you get all episodes of Tourpreneur. Welcome to Tourpreneur episode 171. Lauren Hefferon of Chiclismo Classico. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm really excited. I have to say it is very rare that we, I think you're the first person on, you know, we had over 200 uh, interviews on the show and you're the first person that has three decades of experience as a tourpreneur. So we're in for a real treat today. Great. Thank you. I am too. I'm excited. I always love to talk about, share, share my knowledge and share my wisdom um, of all the of all the years, so that's that's the one thing I really can contribute. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, you you've got a lot to contribute here. All of us would love to sit down with a tourpreneur of thirty one years experience, and we're going to draw out some of your lessons today and your tips for tourpreneurs around the world. So, before we get into that, I'd love to know before you started your cycling tour business, what were you doing? Well, I, I started pretty young, so um, I was kind of a typical, uh, you know, travel like college student after college. Started roaming the world a little bit, but honestly, um, 
when I was a very young person, I think when I started cycling in my teens, um, I did kind of have a little um, discovery that no matter what I did, I would do something with bicycling. So bicycling, as I like to say, has always been the hub of my purpose. Um, I wasn't quite sure at the time, but then as I started doing things, teaching, I was teaching outdoor education classes and traveling a lot by myself uh, by bicycle. And then I did have kind of land a bike tour, uh, a bike tour job. I was uh, asked to design a, a bicycle tour for teenagers from Rome to London. I had already, I was already in, in Italy at the time. And a company that I worked for previously, a children's camp, asked me to design a uh, this bicycle tour from Rome to London. And so I did. And I and my part, my guide and I, my co-guide and I, led a bicycle trip for for 16 year olds for like eight weeks. And so I I survived that two summers in a row. And I really did. I just started loving to design itineraries. So it's it's so it's always. I mean, I have a creative background. So and I like creating things. And it was a great way for me to combine this love of the outdoors with creativity. And so it really wasn't a morphing of my a lot of things that I wanted to do. So I'm curious because uh, if my math is right, so that would have been what late 80s. Well, I started. I went to school. Uh, yeah, like, like this one was 1989. I graduated from college in 1983, and I'd say 1980 from 1983 on. Well, actually, in college, I was actually a bicycle tour instructor yeah. at Cornell Outdoor Education. So I really started thinking outdoor education. I did that National Outdoor Leadership School. I did Outward Bound. So I was really getting learning a lot about outdoor education because I love being in the outdoors. And probably if I didn't, if I wasn't an outdoor instructor, I might have been a teacher or something because I just. I love sharing. I love sharing what I love. That's kind of my purpose. So I, I just bring that up because, you know, you, you nonchalantly say you designed a tour experience from Rome to London. And, you know, we forget that the late 80s, there was no Google. There was no Internet. You probably I mean, how did you go about researching and designing a tour experience in the late 80s? Well, I mean, first of all, I, I when I graduated from college, um, I have Italian backgrounds. That's why Chiguspa Classico is Italian. Um, so I, I went to Italy um, on a rotary scholarship and I said, well, I guess I'm going to go, go to Italy. I'm going to plan a European bike trip. And I literally had a Michelin map, a big giant Michelin map. And I just took a pen and I said, 100K, 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 100K all over Europe. And then when I would get to the countries, I, and I was, you know, uh, I was bicycle camping. I had a, a detailed map because in, you know, in Europe, they have such wonderful uh, detailed maps. So then when I, when I get to a region, I pull out the regional map and go, okay, sit in my little tent and highlight my route and, and off I went. And yeah, that's the way it went. No cell phones, nothing. And I called home every, whenever I could find a phone and yeah. enough change. And, and yeah, and I guess I feel blessed because um, a blessed and kind of, uh, you know, the, the technology that has come to this business is is great. But I really do love to remember that things could be done, you know, um, you know, in essence, the way that they used to be done. You know what I mean? So. So, yeah, I worked mostly from tour, you know, maps. I was I was of the map generation, like paper map generation. So only in the past couple of years have I used um, a GPS and electronic mapping. But it's great. It's all great. But, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, well, I think anybody, anybody that kind of operated uh, a while ago, um, our resilience probably is even better because we did do things in a very hard way in the early days, you know, and so um, I guess now doing some of those things, you know, uh, in a similar way is not that difficult, but yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, uh, you, you have everything in your hand with your smartphone, whereas when we were younger, I remember Saturday mornings in very cold libraries with very ancient reference books trying to research something, right. and now it's it's all on your phone. But I'm, I'm so it's interesting to me that you had these two summers 
with the teenagers, Rome to London, almost like your baptism of fire. That's like your Beatles in Hamburg moment where they would play 10-hour shifts for God knows how long to hone their craft. When when did you think to yourself, well, hang on, I've got this experience, I really enjoy it, I want to build my own tour business? Well, so first of all, teenagers are tough. It was tough. I mean, I'm, we're talking about like, if you if I survived two summers with 16-year-olds and, you know, everything on the you know, I, I can just go on and on to the stories that occurred with these teenagers that many of them didn't even belong on a bicycle. And then many of you know, the parents just kind of sent them. So, and I, but I loved it. I really, there was definitely a fire in my belly about loving it. And then, but then I did realize after the second summer, um, I really felt a level of responsibility for these young kids. And I, I didn't, I was nervous. Like I was only 24 myself. Mm. So they were like 16. Um, and I just felt like, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should try adults. So then I applied to work for a couple of tour operators that are small ones that are no longer in business. And I designed tours for them because they, I would basically present myself, my little bike tour resume at 22 was like, uh, this is what I love to do. And I love to design tours. And, and so they would um, hire me to design tours of, of in Tuscany where I lived. And so I designed a couple tours. I led a couple of those tours and it was my clients that just said, well, their clients, but I, my guest, my, my, who became my friend said, boy, Lauren, you should do this yourself. You're so passionate and you're so excited. And, and I said, okay, you know, and I, you know, 24, you really, any 24 year old out there is like, go for it because you just have, you know, I had no responsibilities. I, I had nothing. And, you know, really, you know, you don't, there weren't many obstacles to entry. There weren't, I don't, many tour operators weren't even in Italy yet. So I kind of positioned myself early on as the bicycle tour expert, uh, the Italian bicycle tour expert. And, and that's sort of my, my original thought was I would specialize only in Italy. And so little by little, that was kind of what I did. I designed a tour and I have an art background and I have a design background. I'm a good writer, you know, thank you. Thank God, liberal arts, my liberal arts background and Cornell, I'm an anthropology right? major. At yeah, Cornell, Cornell yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I learned to write well, and I went to I went to art school, so I learned how to design things. And so I had enough of the I had a little mark. I well, definitely sales and marketing were my strengths because I love to talk to people, and I could sell anybody a bike tour. I still can, um, but um, but I didn't sell. I'll put that, I, to, the I test. To, I'll put that yeah. to the test later. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, I'll get you. I'll get you. And then marketing, you know, marketing is all about just creating excitement, really, in its essence. It's a, a, the ability to touch an emotional, an emotional nerve. And I could do that. And then the operational piece, well, I knew how to do enough of it, you know, and so started out really just designing a trip, uh, promoting it. Um, I, you know, I had 100 guests. I had 100 leads. I remember I'll never forget. Forgive, I'll never me, forget for, my- forgive me for interrupting. You're making this sound very easy that you had all this experience and you launched a tour business. But, you know, talk us through those early days. Talk us through like, okay, you're going to go it alone. You're not working for another company that's going right, to right. give you the business. I mean, what was that like for you, those very early days? Any fear? I really wasn't scared at all. I, I really wasn't. I just, I, well, I was young. I was, I, yeah, I was young and I didn't have anything at stake. And I just felt like, um, what it you know i had well i worked in an office enough enough for not in the tour business said i'm not working in an office like i made such a solid decision that no matter what i did freedom was very well i, I work in an office a lot now my own but i felt like freedom my ability to design, to design my own life was of essence it was a you know that was an essential drive like i have to design who I'm with, where I live, what I do, I need, and that was very strong. I mean, I guess that's an entrepreneurial, I probably had a very strong entrepreneurial drive. I, you know, I always did. I, you know, I was the kind of kid that had toy sales and sold my old toys. And, you know, I, had, I always was sort of, 
Well, it was in my bloodstream for sure. And then starting starting out, I mean, again, there weren't, you know, there weren't a lot of obstacles to entry. There wasn't, there wasn't, uh, it was just something that I said I decided to do. So I didn't, I didn't have any, you know, any kind of like, I'm going to be big or anything. Yeah. I just felt like I'm going to keep doing what I love and growing what I love. So talk to us a little bit about the research side of that. So you'd obviously um, designed tours for other companies and led tours. Then it's Lauren Inc. that's going to, to, to build tours. How did you go about researching whether the tours you had in mind had legs that there would be demand for it? Oh, I didn't, it was very like there was nobody. I, I mean, first, well, let me think, put it another way. There was nobody really operating in Italy at the time. I, there was one other bicycle tour operator, right? So I could count on one hand people that were doing it. So I, 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 I think as a visionary, you know, I, I could envision because I knew bicycling was always going to become more popular. I just believed in it so deeply. And I, I knew that Italy, everyone loved Italy. And I knew that bicycling in Italy, the two of them together, I mean, I had faith in what I was trying to do. So I didn't really do any market research. There was no market research to be done. I mean, I literally said, okay, you know, I'll try. And I, you know, I had two tours to Tuscany my first year. So I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything enormous. I had literally two tours and I. Why did you choose Tuscany as the first oh, destination? I lived in Florence. So I lived, right. so I lived in, so, so I went over to Florence as a Rotary Scholar and, and I studied in Florence. So I joined an Italian cycling club and I was riding all over the place. So I was just, I was like, I went from you know, an American to like, uh, you know, an Italian in, in, in like instantly I am, I mean, I have Italian background. So I was, just, you know, my parents sold their house and they figured she's never coming home again. Cause I was so into Italy. I loved it. I, I spoke Italian. So I was all about Tuscany. Tuscany was just, and Chianti, yeah, Chilisma Classico is sort of a playoff of uh, Chianti Classico, which is a wine of, of, of Tuscany, of course. So Tuscany was where my soul was and is and always will be in terms of cycling and uh, kind of this combination of passions and so and landscape and and uh, so I I just felt of course Tuscany so I started with two trips in Tuscany and I had ridden most of the roads and um, it was it really I just developed the tours based on my own experience and I I wrote I wrote the itineraries I I illustrated the very first brochures and. Um, I had a hundred leads. I mean, I'll never forget. I had my little tiny office in Somerville, Massachusetts. It was, it had everything, all my photographs of Italy everywhere. And, and um, I literally had a hundred leads on a big giant piece of paper. That was my database. And uh, I would literally call you know, their phone numbers. And where did you get those leads uh, from? So I put an ad um, early on. I had a, uh, someone who had heard of me because I put an ad in Bicycling Magazine. That's back in the old days. That's how we all advertise our bike tours. We put an ad in Bicycling Magazine and, I think I was the only, maybe there was two other operators that had tours in Europe at the time. Um, and uh, I got a few, I got a call from a guy one day from a California bicycle and he had a big tabloid and he, he said, well, if you give me a free trip to Tuscany next year, me and my girlfriend, um, I'll give you a full page ad in California bicyclist. So I said, okay, you know, I mean, I didn't, it was, so I said, sounds great. And he was going to write an article. And so it was like my first, uh, my first entree into, um, into kind of PR. I had a really nice article and all these leads. So I mean, like I said, I literally had a hundred leads on a piece of paper and I probably had an 80% <laughs> turnover, turnover of all those leads because yeah. I was calling people and, and, and being, doing things the old fashioned way, which was calling them and talking to them and, and making, I mean, they all became my friends and, so I mean, my style was always very personal and very interpersonal. So, so it's um, it's interesting yeah. to me that you talk about having that personal touch because one of the things you have on your website, we're jumping 30 years ahead now, but one of the things you have on your website when you go on it, it's a beautiful website, you have um, a chat bot. 
says, greetings, I'm your expert bicycle travel consultant. How may I help you today? How has that been working for you? So, you know, 30 years later, you had the lead, you'd caught the manly. Now you've got this chat bot on your website. How successful has that been for you? Well, I mean, I'm on the chat usually. I'm often the one because I, I still love, I mean, that's my, the dilemma um, has been, I still love to talk to people on the phone. I mean, if I had my choice of what to do, I would, uh, which I still do. I'm, yesterday I was on the phone with a guy that wants to design his 60, 60 days in Italy, his 60th birthday with 60 of his friends. And, you know, I could drop everything to talk to that guy. And I did. I just stopped everything. My work, I mean, I literally, you know, it's like, is it a kinship happens? Uh, you know, he loves Italy. And, and I think um, I do. That's what I still prefer to do. I like to talk to people. I like, to, I love to be a tour guide. So, um, so that's not hard for me. Uh, so, so I, I, I man the chat line. But it, it's it's um, there's a lot of people kicking tires out there too. So I guess back in the back in the old days, you know, like people would call, and I since I was more or less the only game in town, uh, there were other people, other companies out there. But I mean, it was easy. There were I was getting a lot of the, you know, I was getting a lot of traction because it was very easy to understand that what I could. Talking about tire kickers, then, like, how do, do you have any like clues or any tips? Like, is there any kind of things that they say that you go, yeah, this person's a time waster, or is it just your gut instinct now? If I can get somebody on the phone, uh, if I can t- talk to them um, or get a, into any kind of email exchange, I do think qualifying people nowadays it, it is tough, you know, because you it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know, in the old days, again, the phone would ring, you pick it up, and my voice, I would pick up the phone literally. You know, it was always, you know, I was 24-7 on my business. So, it, you know, people could always get me. I, they were always talking to me. So that was that was great. But I, I always, I ask qualifying questions usually, you know, I mean, have they been on a bicycle tour before? And, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. So as I listen to people within five minutes, I can usually figure, you know, whether or not they, they would like to go on a bike trip. And by the way, after over 30 years, I've seen, in fact, in the old days, the old days, in the in the '90s, I mean, there were people that really nowadays you wouldn't, you probably would say they're not qualified to go on a bike trip. So, you know, in my spirit, I do believe that most people will love cycling. You know, I have sure. this kind of optimism about if you're an active person and you love the outdoors and you have pretty good balance and you have a, you know, you're open-minded, um, I could put, find a bicycle trip that would work for you. And and we're seeing, that. I mean, we saw that during the pandemic where everybody was bicycling. That you couldn't even bicycling. buy a bike here in Vermont. Yeah. Like, cause I looked, right. you couldn't buy one. They were all sold out. You hear a lot about Arrival on this podcast. It's the conference designed for entrepreneurs just like you. The Arrival conference features so many practical sessions to help operators with direct bookings, digital marketing, tour and experience design, business operations, and so much more. You'll also get to connect with great people from OTAs, technology companies, marketing experts, and get inspired to grow your business in the year ahead. What we love most about Arrival is seeing operators and entrepreneurs, large and small, meeting each other and building new friendships and partnerships, seeing them share their stories and their learnings. This is what makes Arrival so special. So why not join Shane and many other entrepreneurs in Las Vegas, October 10 to 13 at Arrival, the event where operators, attractions, and experienced creators learn, connect, and grow. Find out more at www.arrival.travel. Yeah, and I like on on your website how, you know, if I look at Amalfi here, for instance, you go Amalfi Coast Stroll, 
and you have underneath athletic beginner, then you have the Southern Amalfi intermediate. So you're giving me some kind of, if I, you know, it's just like, I want to go on a cycling trip. Um, I'm not that fit or, you know, we always think we're not that fit. Right. And then we look at it and then I, I had that experience on a cruise. I went on a couple of years ago where, you know, I was like, okay, are these experiences going to be too challenging? And they weren't. So I like that you have these, uh, this guidance. And it was the same thing we had, um, the SOE experiences people on, they do, uh, kind of military style training in Crete and Norway as experiences and adventure. And I was like, okay, well, how do you ascertain if someone's got the right fitness level? Because the last thing you want is someone moaning on your experience because they're not fit enough. So I, I love that you have that um, classification on your site. The other thing I'm, I'm curious about, so you mentioned you like to talk to people on the phone. I'm exactly the same, by the way. Um, how much percentage of your business is people that just book on your website without even calling, without even speaking to you? Are you seeing, and are you seeing that growing now? Well, what we do is we we have a book now on our, but we actually don't. You can't list, put your credit card in. We 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 really want to talk to people. We want to talk to them on the phone, so we'll pick up the phone and talk to them because I just you know I just feel like it's very important to just hear the person's voice and understand what they're what they're up to. And so yeah, we're seeing an increase of it. But um, my preference would always be you know let's give me a call, let's talk about it because I really want to make sure that the person. Is it? It's I. I call it matchmaking. I call it bike tour matchmaking. Like I want to make sure that whatever. Like let me listen to what your ability is. Let me listen to. Let me. I'll say. Do you love being near the water? Do you like being in the woods? Do you like seeing little towns? I mean, do you like? So like, what do you like to do? And I. We have another byline. We have is pedal your passion. And the reason I say that is because what is your passion? Is your passion to be with your family? Okay, let's talk about a family bike trip. Is a, a your passion to be? They love islands. Well, we have an island trip for you. So I like bicycling allows people to do what they like to do on a bicycle. You like, they like to I think that's smart because as you say, you can ascertain that person's fitness and their desire and making sure that having that personal touch. I'm just curious because, you know, your, your tours are big ticket items, uh, good four figures. Um, and there's a lot of trust involved when you put, you know, you press book. And if you, I mean, I have actually, you know, a couple of years ago, booked a multi-day tour. It wasn't cycling. It was a multi-day tour in Scotland. It was very, very expensive. And I had enough trust in that website to put my credit card in. Um, and I'm just curious, are we seeing more, more and more of that now where people are more savvy online where they're like, okay, they do their due diligence. This is a reputable company. I'm happy to put my credit card in here and, and book it. So um, I'm curious about that, that trend as well. Yeah, I think people are more educated. I would, but I also would say I, I think what's unfortunate, like I said, in the '90s, you'd have people that, you know, they were more willing um, to to kind of explore their ability. And I I do, and I really do stress, even to my, especially to my tour leaders, that you know, the performance part of a bike trip is really the least thing that we want you to experience. You know, I I, I try to get people their heads around. You know, this is not about measuring calories. This is not about measuring speed. You know, like, you know, really um, you'll get your head around the idea that you're going on, a, you're going on a fabulous experience that, you know, will change your life. So, um, so I think people, it becomes, you know, the challenge in the tour business, I'm sure every tour operator has been here that we're, we are fighting the tide against a commoditized business, right? Like, at first, you know, it's so like I'll have people that have come with us many, many years and um, they love us. They love our guides, they love everything about us. And they say, oh, it's not about the, it's about the tour guides, which it is. And it's about the route, which it is. But then, you know, then they're sort of they're kind of like comparing dollar for dollar, you know, the hotels and, and the services. And that I think that's unfortunate because 
and you know, and we're all we we were kind of definitely faced during the pandemic. Everyone in the tour business, like it, we had such a tough year. I'm I'm feeling a bit more like, look, we're doing an amazing experience for you, and and the commodity commoditization of, of tourism. Um, is unfortunate, you know, it really is because they're really, we, all of us in the tour business, we, everybody works so hard and we all put our, you know, we put so much, you know, blood, sweat and tears in everything that we do. And um, so I think that's where people are. It's not, it's not so much about the bicycling. It's about the people that are kind of calculating, um, you know, what they're going to spend their money on. Yeah. So you, you had the two tours to Tuscany. At what point did you expand so that you needed to hire tour guides to help you? About within three years. I was a main tour guide, uh, a couple of the people for the first couple of years. And then um, I would meet people. They reach out to me. And um, I kind of you know, morphed into more because I would I love tour guides. I meet them. They're like my my people. And, um, you know, I would meet them and they'd want to work for me. And then they'd have a tour idea. For example, Claudio Bizio who's out there somewhere. Um, he, uh, he, he wrote to me and he was from Piemonte uh, in Piedmont and he wasn't, you know, he had a good kinship and he just said, I want to design a tour for you in Piedmont. And I said, well, that's great. Cause I want to do a trip in Piedmont. And so he designed our first trip. He led the first trip, you know, and that was kind of how um, both I grew my business and I grew my tour guides is through tour guides coming to me, me reaching out to them and saying, hey, I want to do, do a trip in Sardinia. Would you like to work together? And they would help me develop a trip. So that, that's how I grew my a lot of my itineraries, through with, with kind of collaboration. And how did you do your due diligence on a tour guide that you weren't familiar with? Well, I mean, they, I would talk to them on the phone. They would have to send me a resume. Um, I would look at, you know... Uh, Someone was a leap of faith, you know, because they would just they would tell me about their cycling background. I mean, their personality, the phone, it says it all. I mean, you know, not everybody, you know, enthusiasm, passion, intellectual, you know, excitement, curiosity. Those are all things that are, you know, I have a really good sense of. I mean, is someone curious? Um, do they ask a lot of questions? You know, I think tour guides, the red flag is often that they're very, you know, we, we, we can have pretty big heads. So we have to be, you know, we have the confidence level has to be um, kind of paired with a tremendous amount of humility and, and, and the customer is always right. And, you know, kind of, so it's, you know, and tour guides, um, you can usually see one of the phone, a phone call in a resume. And then we have, we used to have tour guide meetings and, um, you know, our, our first, well, we still have them, but we would have training and hiring meetings and you, you could see pretty much, you know, okay, that maybe that person we might want to take another look at. So for our listeners that may be struggling with the hiring process, particularly with, with interviewing, what tips would you share? What's your top tip for a fellow tour operator who's hiring tour guides? Good question. Um, I think that, um, well, like I just said, I think you have to have, you know, get on the phone with somebody and ask, um, well, red, I could say some red flags, some red flags would be, I, you know, I love being outside. I love doing this. I love doing that. You know, a lot of I, I language versus, um, teachers are great candidates for tour guides. Um, anybody that's been in the service business, I mean, I waiter for years. So I knew like, I mean, wait, waiters, waitressing, I tell my kids the same thing. It's like, there's nothing that beats, you know, waitressing, you know, day in and day out. Like someone that's just used to serving people and asking people, you know, what do you like and what do you want? And, and um, those are all kind of background qualities. Um, and then you do have skill sets. You have first aid and you have mechanical, you have a lot of, um, a lot of things that could screen someone out pretty quickly and it's hard work. So, you know, you could, you know, a few things that were red flags for me were, 
you know, at a guide meeting, the guy that would jump in and help people, the guy that would jump and kind of be the first person to, oh, okay, there you go. I mean, right away, like you want to look for people that are just entered, like, like see how their energy level is like on the phone. I mean, a, a tour guide, every single tour guide that has been exceptional um, on our team has been someone who you meet them and their energy is just high. You know, it's a very, it's just a, it's a job that requires tremendous amount of just productivity, energy, and enthusiasm. And that, that you can, you can read pretty well. And I think the ego, I think the, the one that the shifter is like, you could tell, well, they're just, they're self-centered and what they really want to do is ride a bicycle. And then, you know, and, and so those are the things that you can kind of go from energetic, humble to, to maybe this person is not, is the, the client is going, it's going to rub the wrong way for the client. Our friend Chris Torres over at the Tourism Marketing Agency has just launched a series of five-minute workshops designed to help you make small changes but make big, positive impacts in your tour business. Chris will cover such topics as email marketing, video creation, sales processes, review building, and much, much more. This free 10-week series will be available on his Digital Tourism Show Facebook group, YouTube channel, and all good podcasts. Just search The Digital Tourism Show for details. One of the uh, top or most asked questions I get sent in is is around interviewing, because most of us don't go to school to learn how to interview people. And also, it's just very, because everyone can, you know, tell you that they're great at whatever during the interview, but, you know, it, there's ways you have to test those competencies and, you know, they're the, uh, they're the front of the business, right? So um, I, I want to ask you, in the 30 years you've been doing this, what do you believe are the top marketing activities that you've done that have had the biggest impact on your, on your, on your business growth? Well, uh, certainly running a good tour, you know, there's nothing like someone who's had an exceptional experience who goes home and tells all their friends. I mean, we are, we know we're a referral business, we're a repeat business. And so, you know, and I, what I like about running a good tour is that it's the right thing to do, you know? So, um, it's, you know, you, you, you should be running a great tour. And when you run a great tour, you've made, you know, you've made your guests happy and you've, you've done the right thing, you know? So I like, I love that kind of marketing because, it's, it's, um, has integrity. It's because you do what you, you, what you do is you do it well. And then for me personally, I mean, I, I, I can tell you what I've had frustrations with is the Google AdWords and all the Google ad buys, because, um, it, I just feel very, I feel very flat, very one-dimensional kind of marketing. I love personally, I like marketing that's multidimensional. So I, I used to do, we do a lot of events at Chiquisma Classico. We have a jingle ride. Um, we have a, a film festival, um, we had last year, we did, a um, a, a ch- we called it the Chiquismo show. We're going to repeat that this year. So, um, and again, it was more t- for me to help my guides out. And so they were doing cooking lessons on Friday nights and we had a wine where, tasting. Where were you doing those? those virtual. So virtual. we kind of, out of, yeah. out of the zoom culture, we started these virtual events, like a lot of travel businesses do did, but for me, it was, again, it was a win, 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 because one, we created this nice little virtual event with tour leaders who wanted, who kind of were sitting at home and, and like, were in the pandemic and couldn't leave their homes, Marcello and Sandro and Elisa, they all did these cooking lessons and then their customers came to Zoom show. So that was great. And then new people came and they saw the interaction and we did something good for, for everybody. We create, we did a cooking lesson and we did something that was good. So I meet pref, I prefer marketing. That's I call it a win, win, win. It's a, 
but so I, I think like events as well, like doing events has been a very good, good for us. And when you open those events, are you targeting existing customers or is you yeah. going out to, okay. So outside. We target everybody. Like our Chiclismo shows, we send it out with, uh, via e-blast, via your email. So anyone that's on your list, basically, or are you going out for new customers? Well, we get new leads through you know social media, um, and we were getting you know, the new new leads are tough. I mean, nowadays I'm just curious to get an understanding of of how you're doing the marketing. So I, I get the referral piece absolutely. Right. Um, I understand the events, and then what else? So you say social media. What are you doing with social media to to build up your leads? Uh, and you inquire. Well, we're working with a, um, a social media marketing company out of uh, London. So we're working with, and and that's been great. Um, I like, I, I think so. Pardon me. Which one? Uh, Chris Torres. Oh yeah. He's out of Glasgow. Yeah. Don't say London. Yeah. Don't say London. Oh, He's a Scotsman. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Um, but uh, he's that's been great. That's been really great. And and I like working with them because they're we're learning from them as, and the learning curve is, has been helped there. Uh, and social media is great for me because I'm on I'm on social media. So yeah. for me, it's a great way. I get I like something that has an ability to kind of reach out to a larger audience and have an, come back to us in a personal way, you know, visual. So um, new leads are tough though, because think about it. Uh, as we all know, I mean, once upon a time, you had someone's name and phone number and address, which we always got, you know, and we collected, we could write, we could send them a brochure or we could call them forever. Right. But nowadays, uh, which I didn't like about Google, you paid a lot of money for a Google ad. And then if you got there, you, you know, you paid whatever, $50 for a lead or a hundred dollars for a lead, they, those people could unsubscribe you know, quickly for this. So that sort of the, the frivolity, the, this, the kind of um, the ability for that lead to kind of come and go was dis- disappointing. Whereas like I know if we do an event and I'm getting, I'm shaking people's hands or saying hello or, and they get to know me, they're much more likely to say, you know, I like that company. I like them. You know, maybe I won't go on a tour now, but I have people in my data database. I was just looking yesterday. I'm like, Oh my gosh, from 2002. And they're still there and they're still open. And we got it at, at a, at a, at a local a cycling event or a club event or something like that. So in terms of working with tourism marketing agency with Chris, what uh, social media is most successful for you right now? What channel? Uh, Facebook and, and Instagram for sure. So is, are you, so you're running ads on there? Yes. We're running ads, we're running, running a campaign. Um, so we're, we're doing, we're doing, for example, the, you know, find your Italian Renaissance in 2022. And then in new England, we did a new England campaign because I launched a whole new division in, in the Northeast, which was a big deal. And, um, and that was very successful last year. I mean, we had nice, nice, uh, nice, nice groups and nice tours last year. And, um, and that social media was great there too. So we got, you know, we got, it, we, we generated leads, which was, you know, it, it had become so much more expensive in the digital age, you know, it just became ridiculous. And so I sort of stopped that. And uh, PR, I also have to say, there's nothing that beats um, an article. You know, in our early years, um, we were advertising a lot in Outside Magazine, as I said, and Bicycling. Um, we don't advertise anymore um, there. But when we would get an article in Outside Magazine, I mean, that would fill two or three trips in one yeah. shot. So I'd say PR is, is another great, so- you know, it's great. A question for you, if I may, because, you know, you mentioned at the start that, you know, when you began your business, the chap in California said so he'll give you a free ad if you give a free tour. And now in this world where there's influencers everywhere you look, I'm sure you get a ton of these queries now from people like, well, I have, you know, a million followers on TikTok. Can I come on one of your tours? What advice do you have for our listeners who may be being approached by 
influencers or because they do take these these kind of relationships take a lot of time to build and i don't want to waste anybody's time including my own i mean i'll just quickly say you know that sounds great but can you please give me the name of, of someone else that you've done this for and i'll just give them a call and see if it made any impact and that would be that's on every part of my business it's advertising it's pr firms it's digital marketing firms it's it's um it's anybody i just want to say have you done what you want to do for me before and have you had success you know the end and that's even that's sort of a classic hiring strategy too you know you hire somebody that has done exactly what you want them to do because for me i'm famously famous for hiring people and then teaching them the business but the learning curve to get them there and then, you know, them learning everything and then maybe not being there anymore. Um, so I want to know more, more and more and more. Have you done what I want you to do? And um, and then have you done a good job? Because I just don't want right at this point. I don't want to, um, you know, I, I don't I want to be careful. I want to be conservative, you know, conservative because it takes these relationships that take a lot of energy. They take a lot of, you know, it's an opportunity as well, because an opportunity lost with one is an opportunity lost with some a potential one. What tips would you have for listeners who want to, you know, they're launching some tours, they want to get some publicity in the media, not necessarily have the person come on the experience, but get in front of journalists and, and get some PR. Any advice you could share with us? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I for me, I would always, I was always attending the ATTA um, conferences and they would, have a, they would have a journalism day and that would give me an opportunity to interact with journalists. Um, and pitch pitch my story. How, um, so, yeah, I'm curious because again, two of us have a habit. We all do this of making things sound easy, but for many of our listeners, it's like talk to a journalist. Oh wow, you know, it's that's a big deal. You've been doing this for many years, but for someone who's never spoken to a journalist before, what advice would you have for that person before they even you know approach the journalist? Well, I mean, talking to a journalist is no different than you know doing a sale. I mean, you, you really just bringing enthusiasm to the table. And, and again, most journalists would just say, wow, you know, you're so excited about things. So I, I mean, I guess my passion has always been my, my best, you think, you know, my best, that's my best foot forward. I mean, my, my enthusiasm, which I don't really, I don't work at at all. It, it just happens. So I guess if you're not that, if you don't have that kind of enthusiasm that hopefully someone else in your organization does, you know, I mean, so, cause it is important because, you know, you, people want to, there's a lot out there and you, and then also another thing is, you need to really find the angle that is new. So for example, um, we, one tour we do is for the Eroica, which is, you know, the vintage bike ride that takes place in Tuscany. And that is a very, you know, very unique experience. So when I talk, when I talk about it, I don't just talk about Tuscany, but I'll talk about this, you know, one, one of a kind event in Tuscany that, you know, that, that every, that everybody loves cyclists should participate in. So you're always looking for what is, you know, what's, what's the angle that's going to, What's the wow factor? You know, what's the wow factor of what I do? Because you, you're, the desired result is the person goes says wow, you know, and if they say wow, it sticks with them. And, and then some, it really honestly is a luck of the draw, you know, because I think journalists also are maybe what you do. We have to under, you have to know with what you do is what the journalist wants to hear, or you know, they might not be. They might be looking for you know the the Bahamas might be hot. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I mean, Italy bike tours might not be, you know, exciting anymore. And and if they're not, um, you know, for example, just this morning, I, I called up the Finger Lakes, um, called the Finger Lakes Experience, and I spoke with the uh, director. And um, so I'm going to partner with them. Uh, so it's, so PR isn't always just a magazine. PR could be, you know, the, the you know, I'm going to talk tomorrow to the Chamber of Commerce in, in Key, New Hampshire, and ask them if they're going to do any roundabouts 
about, you know, and keen if they're going to talk about anything, can I be a part of it? Um, so it, it, PR is every kind of everywhere. I mean, it could be because you don't know. It's about really being a good citizen at some level because you're really trying to always be an ambassador of what you do. And, and I'm always having my radar up all the time. And that's probably another skill set I've always had. Well, that person would be great to talk to. You know, but if it's not, I, mean, I don't lose. I, I enjoy doing it. So I'm not feeling like it's a waste of time. I love what you said about having your story when you approach a reporter or a journalist. And I think it's something that we might run a future episode on it about having a concise, compelling story within 30 seconds about your business. Because, you know, journalists are very busy people. You need to say something in that 30 seconds that piques their interest. And uh, I think we'll do some we'll do some episodes on that. We'll do some work on that. And well, I mean, also remember, like, if you, you, I've been talking a long time, 30 years, you know, I've been talking, yeah. telling my story. So I know, you know, I, 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 t- I talk a lot and I like enjoy so many things and I can paint a pretty picture. And I'm now, I have a memory of what people like, you know, what, what, what lands on people well, you know what I mean? So it's, it's experience. I mean, you got to get out there. It's like, it's like a stand up comic, you know, it's like, I, you know, what jokes work, you know, you know, what works, you know, so you're really, trying something and they go, Oh, that sounds fun. I go, okay, that worked, you know, that way they, okay, put that in my pocket. And so I sort of have this vocabulary of the words that, that, you know, that, that, and I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to communicate something to somebody. So I'm not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes, but I want to, I want them to understand what I'm talking about. And like I said, and it's not just journalists. I mean, people that can be a PR for you. I mean, getting awards is a good form of PR, um, you know, getting your, getting in a local newspaper is a form of PR. Doing events is a, a so the PR is basically public relations, which means any opportunity in which I can have a relationship with the with the public. Sure. So it's a very much broader than just journalists and edit, editors. Um, if I may, I wanted to change tracks and and talk about your website, which I absolutely love. And I'm going to tell you the number one thing I love about your website is when I go onto the homepage, um, you've got the headline: "What's your passion." And you've got some lovely little images there, food and wine, grand journeys, group travel, bestsellers, cultural connoisseurs, active photo tours. I love that you've curated because you, you offer, how, how many tours in total do you offer? Oh boy. Well, we have a lot in our, our storage bank. Um, I'd say probably 50, 50 different tours. 50, five, zero. I mean, we're, not always, we're not always offering them every year. We kind yeah. of switch it up and but we have a lot, we have a lot available and we're doing a lot of custom this year. It's crazy. I mean, the custom tours are just crazy. Everyone wants to do custom and private. So, um, see, yeah, I'm so- someone who loves coming into the curated list. Cause as you can tell by my ever expanding waistline, I like food and wine. Um, but I also like culture. I love history. So I love that as I land on your website, I can go here and, and check out what you've curated. Can you share with us? How, how did you go about building this website? Well, well, the curation, and it's interesting, the brochure, the website is really was a kind of a mirror image of the brochure that we did for many, many years, the printed brochure, because very much in the, in the early years, pull out a catalog from 1995, and it said, what's your passion? You know, because I, I always, again, I'm an, I'm an educational person to begin with, so I never thought of just our tours as bicycling tours. In the very early years, year one, we had cooking lessons. We had Italian lessons. I mean, we were like the kind of the first end to kind of say, this is a cultural transformational experience. So right from the beginning, I always, you know, saw our trips as being, you know, culinary or, you know, if we went to Siena, they became educational. Like, so I always thought of our tours in a thematic way. 
And then, so it was really my experience in toiling over a brochure every year and writing the copy and, you know, thinking strategically and, you know, wondering how to communicate. So the brochure, I, you know, I wrote the brochure, I worked with other people to design it, you know, and my, I have a background in, in graphics. So it, the, the website was really not, you know, you know, thinking it wise was not that hard because I had a sense of how to make a brochure. So, I mean, I just moved from that to then hiring a, a digital marketing company to how do we translate this into a, a website? Which and one did you use? Uh, we uh, work with A29. Yeah. I only ask because tour operators, there's so many agencies out there that I always want to give a shout out to those who are doing good things. So. Yeah, they did a great, I mean, they did, and again, that was an, uh, an example of, I, I did talk to people who worked, you know, I did, I did bet them a little bit because I wanted to make sure that this website would have a long shelf life because I had had three other experiences in which the coding and everything else about the website was a big problem. So you don't want to make a mistake on a website, a brochure, you could make a little bit of a mistake with a graphic design firm or a designer, but the website, you know, uh, you know, for me, I didn't want to have to rebuild that thing every year. And um, I wanted it really, you know, built, built very well. And that was a promise that they made. And that's a promise that has been true to this day. So, but um, the web, you know, the website is, is fun. I, I miss the brochure. We don't do it anymore. We might do it again, but it was a fun project because it was paper. And it was, I love the cover was always a big deal. Like what's going to be on the cover. And so the art, I mean, I mean, yeah, long, I mean, I'm kind of an art director. That's another skill that I, I direct projects really well creatively and so this was uh anything that involves visual imagery um and kind of how to express through visual imagery is, is something i really love to do but i personally love that you've curated in that way that you've you've not just said okay here's the different regions of italy you've actually you know food and food and wine and etc and you've had you've got the creators I, I give you a gold star for that and then you mentioned earlier on that you you don't take an online booking so i guess you're not working with any booking software right now you get the the lead you get the if someone fills in the form and they're interested, then you call them up. So, or am I wrong? Or are, are you actually using oh, reservation Peak, software? Peak 15, which has a reservation uh, component to it. And all of these decisions, honestly, all these digital decisions are, I would say that those have been my least favorite uh, because they're, you know, they, they feel so different than once upon a time, the way that we think. But we work with Peak 15 and I know that it has a booking component to it, but but um, but we haven't really plugged it in. It's not, it's not fully plugged in yet. And we will in but we're just i just like i said we just get a booking form and call the people up and are you working with because you're on request i guess are, are you working with any otas any viators get your guides any of those channels um a little bit but i not so successfully again i think it's so flooded i mean i think the problem is that i've actually after the pandemic i've, I've been really more going back to the way i used to do things yeah. a little bit more like more phone calls more emails you know um because you know, again, your return on your investment when you try to throw out a really big, um, a big, you know, a big, a big blanket, so to speak, it's it can be expensive, right? Versus, gee, if I really spent going back to that first hundred leads that I ever had in in, in 1989, I worked those leads. You know, I called those people back. I sent them Christmas cards. I sent them paintings. I mean, I was you know, every single person I spoke to, you know, I became my friend. And I, I believe that that, you know, for me, the let's get thousands and thousands of leads and then like, let's see which and spend I lots mean, of money. Totally I mean, support it. it. You're, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. You know, you're getting direct bookings, which is the number one goal of every Torpner is get those direct bookings. Um, I'm curious though, you know, we're seeing more and more OTA spring up now that are 
aimed at multi-day. So so a lot of Viator get I guess they do have multi-day, but they're more for kind of city breaks and those big attractions. Are you familiar with Tour Radar? Yes, yes, I am. Are, are you working with those guys or? Yeah, we are. We are. And we had, um, but, you know, again, it's a lot of, you know, you have to, there's a lot of work involved. I mean, there's a, the whole digital part of everything administratively has added on like layers of administration because you have to load up all your, you have to load up everything. I mean, there's a lot of work. So um, we, you know, we'll work with them, but we every, you don't have to keep updating it. So there's so much there. It's not just a turnkey, you know, you have to, you have to support the system and you have to know the system and you have to, you know, and then, you know, do you see much, do you see much business from, from the likes of tour radar? Um, a little bit, but you know, a little bit. I mean, we don't put our, a lot of our, we're not putting a tremendous amount of our faith in it. I think travel agents are super. I mean, travel agents, because for me, a travel agent is an extent, an extension of your sales force, right? So you're a travel agent. If they, if they love what you do and they love, and they have a customer relationship, um, we were actually in the old, again, back in the nineties, um, we worked with a company called all adventure travel, and that was out of Colorado. And what I liked about all adventure travel, and I wish there would be something to replicate it would be, I think there's an opportunity that if you, to, to curate a small number of tour operators, like all adventure travel had about 10 partners and they, they saw, they curated those partners over and over and over again. And all adventure, I thought it was great. And they took a nice commission, which was fine because, and they, they gave us a bunch of sales in the early years because they curated relationships just like I would. And, and it resulted in sales. And then they, as they expanded and they took on more and more operators and they got bigger and bigger, then there was really no benefit. All they were were kind of like a, a clearinghouse of what we did. So I've always, I think that there's an opportunity to say, let's, let's select, you know, let's select 10 operators and let's learn about what those operators do. And then, and then let's sell those operators. But I don't think that there's anything, I think most, everything turns into bigger, big, 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 you know, massive. And I think there's an opportunity to kind of go small again um, versus kind of go big. Sure. Lauren, um, I want to dig into your, your th- I mean, you're sharing a lot of learnings here, but I'd asked you before the show to come up with three nuggets of, of wisdom. And uh, topic number one or nugget number one was guerrilla marketing and organic growth. And you wrote, I grew my business, one passionate relationship with my customer at a time. My customers are like my family. This is true now than ever before. They are the reason why my business exists and they're the source of knowledge when I'm looking to grow. I know we spoke a little bit about how you're doing your marketing right now. So I guess a question I have for you, just because of the nature of your business. So, you, you know, you mentioned repeat business. Uh, how are you keeping them engaged? Are you sending them a, a monthly email or a quarterly email or how are you keeping in contact with them? So you're front of mind. We, we, we send out a weekly e-blast. And weekly? It's, uh, wow. Yeah, weekly. We send it on Sunday mornings. Um, you know, it, it's good. I mean, there's always those unsubscribes. And I think people ask because they go to the, they don't go to someone's inbox. They go to the, uh, they go to the sponsor box or something. So, yeah. you know, you're always hoping you don't get unsubscribes. I mean, it's not huge, but um, so we're very careful about um, not bombarding people with emails because we don't, we don't, we're careful about our list. I mean, our list is gold. Mm. I, um, yesterday I, I spent three hours just um, re- going into our database and just, you know, kind of seeing people I hadn't heard from in a while. And I'll pick up the phone or I'll email them. And I, one guy, I, you know, he's a Facebook friend of mine. And I, I, I asked him how he was doing. And I just sort of said, look, you know, you've been thinking about traveling. So I, you know, I will see if I hear from him, another woman, you know, she was on a trip last year. I reached to her last night and she had, had been in a ski accident. So, I mean, I get these interpersonal relationships with people. And 
I mean, I enjoy it, right? And I and what do you what do you put into your emails? Because that this is key, right? Like, what do you put into your communications? Well, gorgeous photos. I I curate every photo. Uh, I take a lot of photos. I'm a photographer. Uh, that was another little version of my business I came up with a few years ago. But I I love good. I think photos are, are everything. I I think that someone's got to be just like wowed by a for, photograph. I I'm I like good copy. Um, so I try. I'm a pretty good copywriter. So I um and but I run it by a couple of people on my team. Um. You know, it's it, it depends. I mean, I think people like quick messages, but I think people like a little to dig deeper. So I also write blogs and I have blog writers and I I, I like to educate people. So I think I'd like I, I hope that people come away learning something and being inspired. Um, so, again, I've been doing I've been copywriting for 30, 30 plus years. Again, so I, I, again, yeah. I have to I have to stop you. You make it sound easy. But for most of us, copywriting is a real challenge. And as is creating compelling content you know you should really pat yourself on the back here lauren because writing an email where you're not just selling your products where you're you know educating someone or inspiring someone or motivating someone sharing knowledge that's much tougher um to do to keep that you know like you said your list is gold you don't want people to unsubscribe because oh here we go another email from lauren she's just going to sell her tours again but you know the, the way you write it clearly you're you're engaging with your audience and they're, they they probably look forward to those emails and enjoy reading them so that's a yeah. skill that's a real skill well i mean i also i like you know i call i love you know for yesterday i just posted something on, on facebook because a colleague of mine passed on that um of all the of all the best bread shops in the United States and New Hampshire, where I have, we have, have a new tour, Keene, where we have this base of our tour, there was a great bread shop. So, you know, I, sometimes my, my communications is not just about uh, promoting a trip, but it's, it's to educate people. Like who, who knew that, you know, New Hampshire had, would have one of the greatest bakeries, you know, in the, in the country. And those are things that I feel are valuable. Like you should, you should know this. Like, I always think like, what should people know? Like they, they should know about the, the heroica. And also, I think it takes designing a trip in a way that you're proud of. You're not just designing something that's a copycat of anybody else, but you're designing something because the what you're the tour that you're creating itself has value. You know what I mean? So if you can you can speak to that, then I then I would strongly it. urge our listeners to go sign up to your newsletter and see how a uh, how a pro does it then and creates engaging content and uh, okay. you know Thank book you. book a cycling tour or two while, while you're at it, right? So. Uh, well, and I think I do a little practice on, on Facebook because, you know, they're microblogging. I mean, if mm. Facebook is microblogging. So I'll, you know, I'll write something up. And, if you know, if people respond to it um, or it gives me an idea on how to angle things. So like social media is great to kind of every day kind of tweaking your angle, tweaking your angle, tweaking your angle, even with yourself. Like, oh, that's that's something that's worth talking about. You Your second topic, your second nugget of wisdom is around working with tour guides. So you wrote, so most of my tour guides and staff have been with me an average of 10 years. So right now we're in a situation at time of recording where there is the great resignation. It's harder and harder to find tour guides. A lot of people in travel have switched industries. How do you retain talent for an average of 10 years? What's your secret, Lauren? Well, well, thank you very much. Well, I thank my tour guides are out there. I love you all. I love, so I really do really have a kinship with them. I mean, I, um, I think that they know how much, how hard I work and how much, and I could cry at any moment now, but I mean, how much I really love what they do. I mean, I, I, I know how hard they work. I think they know that I really, truly appreciate how hard it is and, and they're 
customer, you know, the, the ups and downs of customers, I had them myself. So I have a huge empathy around their what they do and what they love. And I I think we give them enough creative, you know, when a tour is when a guide's on a tour, they have a lot of freedom. You know what I mean? Mm. And if I know that they know what they're doing and the people I work with in Italy and, and here um, are overseeing them and know what they're doing, I think giving them a level of freedom on a trip. Um, they know that on our tours versus let's say another a tour, another tour where they might have tighter rules and tighter regulations and and they kind of tighter deliverables. I think that our tour guides know that you know they they have personalities and 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 are they have each one of them their personality can can explode and expand on one of our trips. And I think that's important because their personalities is part of what makes a tour you know so wonderful. So I, I guess I we're giving them a bit of free reign there. And I think that they believe in what we do. I mean, I, the tour guides that um, I hire really love that our tours are educational. They really love that um, we have, we interact so they, with local so, people. So just to recap then, so they, they love the work, they love what they're doing. You give them autonomy, free reign mm -hmm. on their tours. You say you love we them. them. We pay them well. I mean, we pay them, I think we pay them above industry uh, standards and that's yeah. important. And uh, I'd love to pay them more. I mean, they're all worth much more than that, but um, I think we pay them very well. And, um, you know, we try to keep in communication with them. I mean, I may, you make mistakes. I mean, it's definitely the people part of any business is where all of us probably make the most mistakes because they're, they can be fragile. Relationships can be, yeah. What's, what's your top tip? There's a, a new tourpreneur out there right now. They've just started hiring guides. They've never managed people before. What's your number one top tip? Uh you know, listen for all the right signals, like listen for the person that their passion, like listen carefully. Is this person passionate about themselves or are they passionate on some level about, about what they, what they want to share? I, what they want to share. Does this person strike you as someone that wants to share constantly? I mean, I can, you know, my top tour guides, if you saw them on trips, they, are never ending sharing, like they're never ending giving information. So uh, one interview I had with a guy that I hired, um, it was going to be 30 minutes an interview. Um, and the guy started sharing with me um, about Wanderer, which is an interesting app that's kind of fueled by Strava that uh, I don't I know if you heard of it, but it's a fantastic app. And it, it mm -hmm. tells you all the roads that you do. And this guy, you know, he didn't have anything, you know, it wasn't it wasn't going to guaranteed to person, you know, to make him get him hired. But, um, he, he shared something with me with such enthusiasm. And I, I said, this guy's great. Like, and so, um, that kind of is sharing, like on the, I'm listening for like, what are you sharing with me? Like, what are you telling me? Cause if you could share something with me, then you're going to share, you're going to have that equal enthusiasm with one of our customers. Yeah. I'm a big fan of inquiry leads to insights which leads to impact but you've got to create that environment where a member of staff feels comfortable coming to you and sharing an insight maybe it's something they've observed on a tour or they've observed something your competitor is doing um maybe something even in our own management which they're not happy about if you don't create that safe environment they're not going to come to you and you you lose that to a guide or you don't get the insight they could come to you your, your third topic here your nugget is how you innovate and i think we can innovate by listening to our staff they're out there they're on the front lines there are eyes and ears if, if they don't feel safe coming back with feedback then um, you know, we're, we're not making the most of them. And also they're not feeling valued because if they come back and they share something with you, let's say about um, a new stop on a tour or a new experience and you try it and it does really well. It's like, wow, if you, if you hadn't listened to that tour guide, you wouldn't have had that, you know, um, right. 
better experience. But also the tour guide is like, wow, I did that. And my boss listened to me and I did that. And sometimes that's well, what- our, that, that is a very big part of Chupismo because like I said, our tour guides will come back and they will give us suggestions and they will go out and scout the trip. So they really are, you know, they re, we've really molded everything together. It's been a team effort. Like all of our trips have, you know, throughout the years have, you know, a little bit of everybody's stamp on it. And I yeah. think, you know, myself, that was when I got into it. I said, oh, I can bring what I love to this other company. You know, I can, you know, one of my first managers said, Lauren, go find some fishermen. Like, because it was kind of a joke, like, because I was always finding these kind of cool things. He said, well, Lauren, go and that was his code word to say, go and explore. And, and I want to just mention another thing, too. I mean, all of us tour guides are kind of kids at heart, like you're really looking for, and our, and our, you know, people that come on our tours are often older and all of them are looking for the fountain of youth. I mean, we're all looking for the fountain of youth. Right. And I always say, you know, people that if you're young at heart, you'll love biking because Mm -hmm. cyclists are young at heart and tour guides are like the epitome of young at heart. So if you meet a tour guide or for me, I mean, it's a bicycle tour guide, but if they have this sort of like youthful energy, I know that youthful energy is something that our guests just are going to love and they're going to, it's going to be an asset to the trip. So your third nugget then was to constantly be innovating. You say innovation is the name of the game in our company. Many companies have copycatted what we've done. I continue to innovate with our tours and with the way we market. So innovation is a big topic. We could spend another hour on that, but yeah. just what, what kind of tips would you have again for a tourpreneur, maybe very early in their business about, okay, we have this tour. Um, how do you, how do you go about innovating? Yeah. Well, I, I, I used to say, although it's a little tricky, I used to say, although I would say the perfect, but I would, we would design the trip first and bring the hotels in later. It's a little harder now because, I mean, people's the bar is so high in terms of hotels. I would prefer, if I could, to design a tour and not really worry too much about accommodations because I honestly, I, I mean, I travel with a backpack. But if you think, and, and, I, I get that, but if you think in general, if you think for tour operators out there, innovation is this big, scary word. Right. Like, where do you draw your inspiration from in order to innovate? Like, you know, you ran the events during lockdown and you had cookery lessons and, and Italian lessons. And where does that right. innovation come from? How do you tap into that? Uh, you you got to try. You know, you got to like, I will, I, will guarantee, I will tell you that many times over 30 years, Lauren coming to the room with an idea was the scariest thing that everybody wanted. It was, I mean, still to this day, like, yeah. and they get, I can get, make people upset because they know I'm, here comes Lauren with her ideas and there has to be an execution to back it up. Right. So, so, but I think I still will say, come up with the idea first, you know, I'm come up with the idea. And I I think, you know, for example, we have, we have a lot of our tours go around a certain theme, Um, you know, swept away in Sardinia that, that swept away that the title came from a famous Italian movie swept away. Right. So, I mean, and then, yeah, it's sort of like ideas morph and they remorph and they morph and they're always evolving. In Keene, I mean, I, I, I knew that the, in Keene, New Hampshire, that, that that area alone was going, as I, the more I visited it, things would come out. So I, I think creativity starts with the idea and you, you got to follow it. You got to follow, you know, you know, the movie, build a field that, and they will come. You have to try something and see how it sticks. You have to, so it's really trying a lot. You're just, you're just trying and see what sticks. I knew this would happen. I knew that speaking to a tourpreneur with 31 years experience in one hour was an impossible task. Maybe I need to go. I was going to say Joe Rogan, but he's getting bad press right now. I mean, I only say that because he does four hour shows, right? He does four hour shows. Maybe that's what I need to do. A four hour show. I I mean, I, again, and I, you know, to all your listeners, I mean, 
you can give my email, uh, maybe not my phone number, but I, I, I would share it with you. But I really, if anybody wants to email me um, and and have a, you know, I, I, I kind of go out and do two hour walks and I always take those times to talk to people or bike rides. And I, I'm happy to to talk with folks and, and, and field questions if I have time for them. And um, I, I really feel like it's it's my responsibility to, sh- it is a tough job. It is a tough job. I, I want people to have success. And I also want people to be safe out there, the client. I think that we have a responsibility to the environment and to our customers and to the world to to do things with high integrity and high and high responsibility. So I, I want to be I want to be part of that movement. I, I want to make sure that what people are doing is quality. So if I can contribute, you know, my my experience, that's um, that's really. Thank you. That's the mark of a true, authentic entrepreneur. We're all here to help each other grow our businesses in the right way. I know you're also active in our Facebook group, so I'd urge our I listeners love that to. Facebook. That is a great group. Thank you. That has, I, I tell everybody about it. It's been really great because it's it's also I like it because you have um, they're not people with pu- you know like crazy problems. I mean, it doesn't turn into a big. A lot of people are just they're small businesses, and I like I can tell that you know I I put a bunch of questions out there all the time, like about phone systems and about digital project and hiring, and and other people are are asking such valid questions. So I I really like it. I feel like it's a great little group. So congratulations on that. Thank you. It's our members that make it what it is, you know, being yeah. willing to share and also willing to help each other is what we do at Tourpreneur. I will add your website and all of your social media onto our show notes. So listeners can go to tourpreneur.com forward slash 171. Or if you can't wait, you can go straight to Chiclismo Classico. Did I say that right? Chiclismo Classico. Yes. Yeah. Great. I studied Latin, but I didn't study Italian. And you know, in oh, Latin... Well, in Latin, you never have to speak it, right? Because no one speaks it anymore unless you're a priest. So we never had, we had to write it and that was it. But ciclismoclassico.com. Lauren, thanks ever so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge of uh, three decades as a tourpreneur. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.